It's Friday, so we're bringing back a Friday favorite, Takes from a Hat. Ann and I have put together a lot of different topics, some fun, some juicy, and some relating to the future of the Nashville Predators. We will quiz each other on our favorite ones next on the Lockdown Predators podcast. Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of the Locked On Predators Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, we made it to the weekend, everybody. It's Friday. It's Friday. Uh, We appreciate you guys making us your first listen of the day. As always, shout out to all the loyal Locked on Predheads out there who tune in to every single show. You guys know who you are. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer at Penley Box Radio, and I have a partner in crime who, like me, uh, might be a little bit groggy after a four-overtime conference final debut last night. Almost got to a fifth overtime. (laughs) Y'all, I am too old for that. I am Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer at InsideThePreds.com. I tried so hard, Nick. I tried so hard. I fell asleep in bed with the TV still on, and I woke up, like, after I don't know how long, and it was still in the third overtime. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. It's going to be those kind of nights, isn't it? Oh, bless. And all you know what? To all of those Carolina fans that stuck it out, way to go. But that was... That was a long game. That was a long game, y'all. Yeah, better than better than being a loser who watches the Milwaukee Admirals. Am I right? <laughs> am I right? Like a, like a nerd. <laughs> you and I were talking beforehand about the Milwaukee Admirals tonight. My youngest son graduates high school. And at his particular high school, the rule is you cannot cheer when your child's name's called because it's a large high school. It would literally take forever to get through all of the graduates. And so everybody gives a big cheer before they call their names. And then if you cheer when your child's name's called, you literally, they have teachers and security who remove you. You get kicked out. You don't get to stay. They're very hardcore about it. And I respect that. The problem is that my kid's name is towards the beginning of the alphabet. So once I hear his name called, will I, in fact, pull up the Admiral's game on my phone and watch it? I might. And if Yaroslav Askarov pulls a Yaroslav Askarov, might I holler out something in the middle of the names being called and get kicked out? There's so much. It's going to happen during some random kid. Like, it's like, and here's uh, Alejandro Sanchez. And then one woman in the crowd. What is that? (laughs) This is stupid. That's going to be me. Oh, my gosh. Poor, poor Alejandro. I'm such a loser. I know. (laughs) Before we get to takes from a hat, also want to mention today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NHL. And when you enter promo code locked on NHL, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. And it's Friday. And you know what that means. It's time for takes from a hat this has kind of become our this has kind of become our friday tradition uh for those of you who don't know ann and i have put a hat full of different topics 
related to the Nashville Predators and the NHL. Some are fun, silly ones. Some are like personal, like favorite memories of games. And some have to do with some juicy hot button issues around mm-hmm. Smashville. So here's how it works. We'll draw it one at a time, ask each other uh, the their takes on the topic, and then we'll go from there. And uh, would you like to draw first, or do you want me to draw first for you? I'm gonna, I'm gonna draw first. You're I'm gonna, gonna draw you first. on the hot you're, seat first. You're not. I told you I had some juicy ones. For I you. know that's why you I'm were, avoiding it. Yeah. You were, Let's see if we can make that. this take last as long as the show. Okay. Okay. Here's a topic that you and I have discussed at great length. Probably not for the right reasons, but here's my question. Okay. If you had the Stanley Cup for a day, what would you do with it and why? Oh, so I'm not going to be like the the strip club guy. I'm because so glad. I feel like I feel like that's always when the cup gets broken. Whenever it's at like a strip club or a nightclub, there's just like horror stories about like <laughs> what happens to the cup in those places. Many a dents in a com- com- couple of places. Um, I, ooh. I know. I, it's a tough one. I know. This is not one I've thought about extensively. Um, I would. I would love to do like like a lake day or something with it and have like, you know, a but like little ice cues with little like cold cans of beer, bottles of beer sticking out of it and have it be like the apparatus. I don't know if I could ever be the eat out of the Stanley cup guy because I know where that cup has been. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No, never. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, that's like, if I grew up playing hockey, like take yeah. it to my hometown rink or, you know, let, let some of the locals like hang around, but you know, it's my hometown's Franklin. So that's less charming than like a little village of 5,000 people in the middle of Canada. So I don't know. What, what would you do? What would your big day be? You know what? It, It is kind of a funny question because you think probably every NHL player knows exactly what they would do. But you know, for those of us who just love hockey and don't stand a chance, it, it takes some thought. This is what I would do with it. I, 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 because I made the question up, I've had time and I would get the Stanley cup. First of all, I would wash it down with Lysol and bleach. Fair. Yeah. It's gross. Um, and then I would go get my friend, Eli. She is actually a locked on pred head. She is who took me to my very first hockey game years and years and years ago. So I feel like Eli has earned the right to hang out with me and the Stanley Cup. And I think we would probably put some sort of liner in it and then some sort of delicious fruity drink in it. And set up a screen in the backyard and drink delicious fruity drink out of the Stanley Cup while watching Pecorine's goalie goal just on loop. Is the fruity drink alcoholic? Oh, yes, it is. <laughs> hey, just making sure we're on the same page. Like, let's not, let's not yeah. be crazy. Also, yeah, also brave for you to consume something out of the Stanley Cup. Well, again, there's a liner in it. There's a liner okay. in it. I, I would never, like, I don't know that I could even really comfortably touch the Stanley Cup without knowing, like, watching it be wiped down. Because, yeah, ew, not my jam. Yeah, fair. Uh, let's see here. Let's dig I'm into nervous the about your... Uh, okay, here's an easy one for you. Okay. Excluding any from 2017 
What was your favorite Preds playoff series? Oh, gosh, excluding that. Excluding 2017. But those were my faves. Um, That's not what the question is, is it? No, no. And that really stinks. Does it have to be one we won? No. Okay. Excluding, surely, clearly excluding the outcome. One of my favorite ones to watch was the Carolina Hurricane series. Was that was it, kind of a fun one, yeah. In was that 2019? No, that was 20, the 2021. 21. Okay, it's the, all the weird, the over. weird year where everybody was in a different conference. Yes. Yeah. I loved that. Now, look, excluding the way that it turned out, but I loved the vibe of that team. I loved the competition between those two teams. I loved the style of play in those games. I loved that for as heated, as intense as that series was, it was played with mad respect, you know, on both ends. And, you know, Carolina had to work their butt off to earn it. I loved that series. And again, excluding the outcome, but that was some quality, like good, hard-hitting, gritty postseason hockey. I loved that. Yeah. That was a very fun one. I think that, that was, was the one where like the last the last four games all went to overtime. Yeah. One of those where it's like if you're just a, a casual hockey fan, it was fun to watch. Yeah. I loved that one. Uh, in that same vein, um, I think my favorite playoff series uh that we won uh was the I would, I would have to go with the 2011. Uh, the Ducks one, which was the mm. first playoff series we won. Yeah. And that was very cathartic because not only did we finally win a playoff series, but it was against the Ducks. And that was kind of the start of that rivalry. Remember, they had that guy from the Orange County Register write that entire, basically, you know, yes. hit piece on the city of Nashville that got everybody riled up. I forgot if about I was gonna, that. If I was going to go for a entertaining series that we lost – Maybe mm-hmm. 2016 San Jose. That was good. The yeah. James Neal late goal, the Mike Fisher OT goal. And yes. I think that was triple overtime. Yes, it was. Yep. Yeah. And then another overtime goal in game six to keep the series going. That was a good one. Yeah. I just rewatched that Mike Fisher triple overtime goal. And I can't tell you why I did it, but I just watched it the other day and I was like, damn. Hockey yeah. is wild. Hockey is fun as hell, isn't it? It is. It is. It's yeah. wild. More fun takes to get to in a second. I have promised some juicy ones. Maybe they involve UC Soros and Barry Trotz. Maybe they involve Shea Weber and PK Subban. If we get to them, we'll we'll let takes from a hat decide. Coming up in just a second. But first, I want to mention, again, today's episode is brought to you by bird dogs now let me tell you i have never had a pair of shorts that utilize fit comfort and versatility as well as i did when bird dogs sent me a couple of pairs of pants i just put them on and it's like okay they're pants that's cool more pants then i put them on and i thought oh wow these are pretty comfortable 
Uh, they look great. They have that good slim fit uh, that, you know, fits anybody. I'm a bigger guy and I still looked like my legs were toned and all that. And um, and then I started wearing them throughout the day. And this just felt like wearing a pair of comfy gym shorts, uh, but they looked great on me, you know. Uh, their stretchy fabric, again, made my legs look great, and they're comfier than my other shorts and pants. And plus, they're versatile, so they give you the freedom to wear one pair of pants. You can wear them to the golf course, turn around, wear them to a work meeting. Uh, they're perfect for either a date night or hanging out with friends. And lots of celebrities are all on board with this. Uh, Brett Krishner says he wakes up at his lake house wearing bird dogs, goes for a swim, smokes cigar, grills burgers, and chills with his family all in the same pair of shorts all day. Bird dogs. And college football nerds say they're the perfect pants for dads that have a little extra gut but want to stay on the couch and look good while watching their favorite game. So go to birddogs.com slash NHL and enter promo code LOCKEDONNHL. When you do that, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. So again, birddogs.com slash NHL promo code LOCKEDONNHL to check that out. All right, Anne, more takes from a hat. I believe it is your turn. It is my turn. Let's see. Now, see, I don't know that I have any that are as spicy as the ones that you just teased, so I'm a little nervous. Got to find those. Okay, what one NHL rule would you get rid of or force the league to clarify and why? Okay, if we're doing force to clarify, that's goalie interference. Can they even do it though? That's like, does the NHL yeah. even know what goalie interference is? Yeah, it's uh, what's that famous quote where it's like, you know, how do you find pornography? I don't know, but I'll know it when I see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like that's goalie interference uh, <laughs> to a T. One rule I would get rid of. Oh, um. Um, okay, here's one. Uh, the trapezoid behind the net where yeah. goalies can't play it in the corner. I just, just say bring back the era where goalies are going all around the net to play the puck. Oh, Yaroslav yeah. Askarov only dreams. He would have a field day. I also oh think you would see more. Wouldn't you also just see like more empty net goalie attempts? Yes, yeah. I just think, yeah, I I agree with you. I think uh, give them a little freedom. Not you know, not everybody can be Pecorine, but it would be fun to let them try. I agree. I I I think that would keep things a little spicier if yeah. they got rid of that. I do. I agree. That's an interesting one. Okay, let's yeah. see. Uh, oh, I'm just having one of those. All right. Well, I tease spice. Oh no. So okay. Spice. All right. This is one I just teased too. Oh no. Your Barry Trots. The Toronto Maple Leafs call you and mm-hmm. say they are willing to give you either Mitch Marner or William Nylander, one of those two guys. However, UC Soros has to be a part of that trade or no deal. You pull the trigger on that trade or not, and why? Okay, funny you asked me that. Just had an article that I put out this morning about trading UC Soros. So I have big feels about this. I have big feels about this. You know, and we've talked about this. I am very intrigued by William Nylander. Very Mm. intrigued by him. Mitch Marner, you know, I I don't think that that's realistic, but 
we've talked about the fact that like I, I am intrigued by this. I'm intrigued by a deal for one of their core four. So full disclosure would be very interested in doing a deal. But if I'm Barry Trotz, I say not yet. And let me tell you why. You don't trade UC Soros right now. Okay. You, you wait a year. Here's why. Uh, you don't know. I, I'm Barry Trotz. I don't know yet what the Nashville Predators actually really have. So even though you've seen some of these younger players, even though you know you're getting some of your veterans back from injury, you really don't know yet what the Nashville Predators are. So you can say this reset is going to take two to three years, but I don't know that you know that until you see who is going to consistently perform again at the NHL level, especially with the younger guys. Yaroslav Askarov is not ready. No. He's not ready. Yes, the Predators have Kevin Lincoln in for a year, but you've got to have somebody bring him back up. And Yaroslav Askarov, remember, he only played like, what, 16 games in Russia the season before he, you know, be season before this one. Right. So this is a guy who I don't think is even ready for backup role. And UC Saros is still going to have value next year. But if you trade him now and you find out, damn, we're closer than we thought, you've just given up the, the X factor. So I feel like you don't trade the ace up your sleeve until you look at the cards you're dealt. And I don't think the Predators are there. Even if you get another ace in the sleeve, like even if you get like a like a, a surefire somebody to build around like Mitch Marner. Again, not saying Mitch Marner's the guy they're going to trade. I think if right, there's anybody right. in the core for it, it'd be right. Willie Nylander. Yeah. I would not. Here's I would not because I feel like this the time period that you extend the Nashville Predators without UC Soros is too risky. I think it's too risky. And, and I do believe, I know we're looking at four teams in the conference finals who I would not say have like, the standout goaltenders necessarily of the league, you know, in their performances. But I still believe you've got to have goaltending if if you're going to do it. And I think UC Soros gives a little bit of breathing room for these younger players to grow because he kind of covers a multitude of sins. So I would not do it right now. I would not do it this offseason. Maybe next season, because he's still going to be tempting. You know, everybody's still going to want to UC Soros. He's still going to have a little bit of time left on that very friendly $5 million contract. But I just think you don't know enough yet about who the Predators are and what this time frame is looking like to get rid of him. Okay, fair. fair. I might disagree with that, but mm -hmm. fair. No, disagree fair. with it. Yeah. Would you do, do it? You would do it? Uh, for one of those two players, yeah. Would you really? I think I would. What what do you think? How would the goaltending pan out? Do you think? Like, what would you do? Uh, I would say Lankinen. I would say at that point you have to trust Askarov as at least a one B. Yeah. Yeah, but I I I would do that. Yeah. If if it got me Mitch Marner, I would do that in a heartbeat. Really? Yeah. yeah. So scary. Let's see. All right. Next uh, next take. Next take. All right. That was spicy. That one made me sweat a little bit, Nick. What is this? Oh, which predator, past or present, would you most like to interview? What would you want to ask and why? Ooh. Um, 
That's a tough one because there's so many people that you and I have talked about trying to get I on the know. show before. I we, know. Just, we just need some clout to be able to say, hey. <laughs> hey, we're yeah. fun. We're fun. We're not going to bash the Milwaukee Admirals. Oh, no, we love them. Um, I would love, just because he was one of my favorite players uh, growing up, I would love to interview Scott Walker. Yeah. And I would love to talk to him about the transition of being on like those first ever Preds teams Mm. with like nobody in the crowd except like away fans and being like outnumbered by like visiting fans on some of the bigger games and being that transition towards playing through, you know, the first playoff team, the first Paul Correa uh, year where he was like leading the team in scoring and I would love to just get his take on playing through that transition um, the other guy I would absolutely love to talk about is Jordan Tutu uh, just oh because gosh, he was yeah. a favorite guy uh, there's a lot I would love to ask him about his career his personal journey uh, but one of the big questions I would love to ask is uh, what what was going through your mind when the fans started to boo you every time you touched the puck after get after the free agent deal to Detroit? Yeah. Yeah. He has a, I don't know if it's an autobiography or biography, Jordan Tutu does, and I read, and it is fascinating. Fascinating guy. Yeah, I would love to talk with him. Yeah. I would love to talk with him. My and you and I have talked about this. My dream interview, everybody who knows me would say, of course, it would be Pecorine, but actually it's not Pecorine. My dream interview, believe it or not, is Mark Borvietsky. Mark Borvietsky is my dream interview. He is. Uh, I I love, he is such a renaissance guy. I love the fact that his on-ice persona, perception of him is very different than who he is off-ice. I also would love to have a conversation with him about what is different about the NHL as he steps away from it than mm-hmm. when he came into it. Like, what has he seen change in the league, in the game over the course of his career? I just think that would be such an interesting perspective. So yeah. Mark Borvieski, he has always he has always sort of been a dream interview for me. Yeah, that's an interesting question too. I, I would love that. Yeah. We, we got to make that happen, right? I would love that. Mark Borvieski, we'd love to chat with you. Yeah, I'll make if, you cookies. If you're out there. Yeah. Let's see. Say, uh, Um, there's a couple of juicy ones I want to say. Oh, you're going to make me sweat some more. Oh, here's a juicy one, but for a different reason. Okay. Let's say the Arizona Coyotes are forced to move. Ooh. We don't want that to happen. We don't. We love the folks at Locked On Coyotes. Robin mm-hmm. Leon has been a good uh, guest on our show. We want the Coyotes to stay out there. But let's say things collapse and the Yotes are forced to move. Mm-hmm. Where would you put them? What city would you like to see them relocate to? Mm. Well, you and I have talked about, you know, the whole, you know, do you give Atlanta another try kind of thing. Um, And the other city that I think people have kind of talked about is Houston. A little intrigued by this only because I think it'd be interesting for the NHL to see a Dallas-Houston rivalry because, you know, those Texas people just think they're all that in a bag of chips and then you get two of them going at each other. I think that'd be an interesting rivalry. I don't know how it would do in Houston. I don't know how it would do in Houston, but I like Houston better than Atlanta. Where else would I want to see something like that? Can I throw the other name that's been mentioned yeah. a lot of places? 
What's that? Uh, and that is Kansas City. I've seen a lot of people hype Kansas City. That's a great sports town. I will say this about Kansas City. That is a great sports town. And it's not just about football. They are mad over Sporting KC there. I could see Kansas City embracing another sports team. Yeah, and they they used to have an NHL team for, I think it wound up being two seasons before they yeah. moved to New Jersey and became the Devils. Uh, they had a, like an old school IHL team that were rivals with the um, – Milwaukee Admirals back in the day. Uh, Eric Dene said there is an ECHL team there that mm -hmm. does very, very well. And there's a couple of hockey-specific bars where people gather to watch NHL games. Uh, so, yeah, Kansas City is the one that I've heard a lot about. Yeah, I know the yeah. NHL would love to put a team in Houston. That's yeah. the biggest TV market that doesn't have an NHL team. But I'm with you. I'm like – is that going to draw interest from locals? Plus, Houston's kind of become such a transplant city. It's, it's the Atlanta. It's going to be like the same thing as Atlanta, where it's just yeah. like nobody there is really all in on it. Kansas yeah. City, though, I, I would love to see that. If if it's not a, yeah, if it's not one of the Canadian teams. Yeah. I love the inter-Pennsylvania rivalry between the Flyers and the Penguins. So I'm all about like another interstate thing. And I'm all about like Texas fight amongst yourselves. Yeah, but man, yeah, Kansas City, Kansas City. Yeah, Kansas City. I, I will say that that's a great sports town. Fantastic sports town. Yeah. All uh, right. Let's see what we got in here. I feel like I didn't get spice. Oh. Maybe this one's a little spicy. Okay. Your Forget tease. everything you know about the past. Okay. You get to name the captain and two associate captains for the Nashville Predators next season. Oh. Not based on who has been in the past. Who do you pick and why? Dang. Spicy. Okay. So do you name captain based on who your best player is? I don't, you tell or me. Or do you name captain based on like, like a guy you would just love to see be captain? You tell me. You get to decide. So you if get to set your own parameters. If it's best player, I mean, it's Roman Yossi still. Mm -hmm. But if you're, if like this was a clean reset and you were doing like the thing that a lot of like rebuilding franchises do where you put the C on like, just like the young player that you're going to build around. Doesn't Cody Glass seem like he would be somebody that would be like a good captain someday? Yeah. I feel like needs to work on his voice a little bit, but maybe somebody like that. The other person I had in mind was Colton Sissons. Come on. Because he's just sort of like the Captain America uh, of the group. The little jack of all trades. Doesn't have the big firepower. Doesn't have all these fancy weapons, but just works really, really hard. Kind of the heart and soul at the bottom of that lineup. Yeah. No, I definitely can can see Colton Sissons um, being there. And that's somebody that at the end of the season, when, you know, all of the other guys were out, you know, UC Saros, Colton Sissons, Tyson Berry, those were the names that Poyle and Trot said, look, they stepped up. UC Saros stepped up. Now, UC Saros is just kind of very quiet and whatever, but I love yeah. hearing that, you know what, he stepped into that role. But yeah, I think that's an interesting, interesting thought. Like who, who, you know, who are the leaders of this team through a reset? Wouldn't you love to see uh, like, like the back in the days where goalies can be captains? Like, wouldn't you love to be able to see a C put on a goalie again? 
Yes. I get, I would go back and say that's an NHL rule I would change. Yes. That's so dumb. Yeah. Let a goalie be a captain yep. or at least wear the A. Yep. I think that's dumb. I would agree with you. Yeah. I get why they do it because they're not. Yeah. They're not playing 82 games a year. Right. Right. Interesting. But right. yeah. Hmm. Let's see. <laughs> Okay. Oh, no. so I think a while back on one of our shows, you and I talked about what was the best game, best Preds game you and I had ever seen in person. Mm-hmm. Let's Missy Elliott this, flip it and reverse it. What's the worst Predators oh. game you ever watched in person? Oh my gosh, the worst one. There was a game and I'm not even going to be able to tell you what game it was. It was this past season or the season before i'm not i am so bad at at these specifics i can tell you exactly how i felt at the game this is how i remember things i don't remember the details i remember how something made me feel sure um there was a game and for some reason i feel like it was against dallas but i could be wrong but that would make sense on a cellular level for me (laughs) where my husband and I were at the game and I, you, I mean, you know, love hockey. I love everything about it. I love the sound. I love the smell of the ice. I love the vibe in Bridgestone arena. I love everything about hockey, but there was a game that was so excruciatingly bad that my husband and I at second intermission were like, we out. And for some reason, I feel like I'm thinking it was Dallas, but it may not have been. And I wish I could even tell you what it was, but it was the first. And I think the only time where I was like, I can't do this anymore. I can't do, I can't give you 20 more minutes. Yeah. There's a Boston Bruins game earlier this season that I think that could have replied to. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, the, the one that I remember, this was back in, I think it was, yeah, it was 2013. Mm-hmm. Because it was the late start lockout year. Mm-hmm. And it was against the Arizona Coyotes. And it's, uh, for some reason, bad memories always just link to the Coyotes. Um, it was, I want to say six nothing after, oh. or maybe six to one after the first period to, 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 Pound the point home, my friend, like two of my friends were coming to the game together. They got there late, like maybe like 15 minutes late, like time wise, not Mm -hmm. 15 minutes in the game. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was already four to one at that point. And my friend texted me. It's like, you want to like, just not go. He's like texting me. He's like, can we just not go in and you meet us at a bar or something like that? It was bad. Uh, It was, I think the Predators changed goalies twice in the first period. They changed goalies halfway through. And then at the start of the second period, they changed back. My gosh. It is, it is rough. Bad hockey is rough. It it is rough. And, and I'm, you know what, I am here for all of it, but yeah, there, there is a, there is a point at which you're like, you know, just for my own self preservation, <laughs> I need to step away. Yeah, not many. Not many. Yeah. Let's see. All right. Uh, one. One more. One more. One more All right. each. All right. Let's see here. Oh, okay. This is just kind of a fun one. They say your life flashes before your eyes before you pass away. What special <laughs> hockey moment will you remember on your deathbed? That's not fun. I don't want to die. <laughs> 
So focus not on the context, but focus on the point of the question. What's your favorite hockey memory? <laughs> Maybe we'll word it that way. Does it have to be a Predators moment? No, it can be any hockey memory. Um, I remember the 1998 Stanley Cup finals. Yeah. Really vividly because so, I mean, anybody who's listens podcast knows that I was a Red Wings fan before the Predators were even in existence. And, you know, when you're like four or five years old, you're just like, yay, hockey. I don't know what's going on, but yeah. I like watching people skate and hit and I know my favorite players. So that was kind of me up until 1997. So I remember like the Red Wings cup run in 97, but 1998 was the first time that I remember like season to season details, like yeah. no, like knowing not like the strategy, knowing who they play, knowing like the other big teams and players around the league. Like that was like the first time I was actually like somewhat knowledgeable about the sport of hockey overall and that was the year that i watched the red wings from start to finish that was the vladimir konstantinov year and just wow. remember watching every single game with my mom and dad um every single playoff game like staying up late at night because school had gotten out by that point uh, yeah. I, I remember that moment very well and i remember going to disney world like the next uh like the week after i think they they won so great summer for nick that was a great summer. Isn't it so interesting? I love that hockey. Yes, it's all the on ice stuff and all the statistics, but I love that there are moments like that with hockey that kind of cement in your memories. I love that. For sure. I love that too. Uh, do you have one? No, it's your turn. I was going to, no, I'm in hockey memory. Oh, do I have a hockey memory? Um, my first game probably my first game because I was caught so off guard. I had turned down opportunities to go to a hockey game time and time and time again. And like I said, my friend Eli took me to my first game and I was an absolute hot mess, but I have never fallen so hard for something as I did for hockey. The first game. I mean, I could hardly stay in my seat. I had no idea. I'd never watched a full hockey game. I'd never paid any attention to it. I went simply because I was frazzled and needed a night out. And that was what was offered to me. And I finally said yes. Yeah. And I, I don't think I will ever forget the feeling I had sitting there. I mean, just so overwhelmed by just this amazing thing happening in front of me. I came home that night and I had trouble sleeping because I'm like, I just found the most amazing thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so for me, it was just, you know, and, and like I said, I was a hot mess at that game, but oh my gosh, just yeah. magic. Yeah. Um, oh, I don't know if we have time to get to this. All right. We can this table might, it. This might be a five minute discussion. Okay. Do, do I just throw it out there? Sure. Let's we'll do it. We'll, do a, we'll it. do a rapid fire answer. Do you think the Preds 2017 cup run happens at any point if the Predators never make the Weber for Subban trade? No, I think PK Subban was absolutely critical for that. I'm 100% with you there. Yeah. I, and, and, and nothing against Shea Weber. Yeah. But no, PK Subban critical cog in that wheel 100 yeah. percent needed him yeah and i also think it was just something about the the 
emotional aspect of that trade too that I think yes. sparked some things in players gave gave a new uh, energy in that locker room. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, yep. Now we could debate that for a whole episode, but yeah. that's my rapid fire answer. I think yeah. PK um, key. I, I'm with you there. I'm with you. Um, yeah, that was a fun uh, takes from the hat. I love takes from a hat. Yeah. So uh, again, next week, more content coming out on the Locked on Predators podcast. We're going to be starting our draft coverage, plus more uh, off-season grades. And if you believe Elliot Friedman, Ooh, maybe some coaching news to talk about here in the next little bit or so. So there's definitely going to be a lot of stuff to tune in for. Uh, until we uh, get there, Anne, where can people find your work? You can find my work online at InsideThePreds.com. You can find me on Twitter at AnnK underscore Mama on Ice. You can find me at PenaltyBoxRadio.com. You can also find me on Twitter at underscore NS Morgan. To all of you guys listening, thanks again for making us your first listen of the day. Just a reminder that Locked on Predators is your free daily Nashville Predators podcast available on all major plot podcast platforms. That's a hard two words to say back to back. And on YouTube, all you have to do is search Locked on Predators on whichever platform you use and hit that subscribe button. And as we mentioned, be sure to follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Predators to stay in the loop and chat with us during the offseason. We'll see you next week.